Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today we come to one of the most fascinating chapters of the entire Bible, Revelation chapter 6. This is a transition in the book, and here we see the beginning, the opening of what the Bible calls the seven-year tribulation period. Well, today I'm so excited to walk you through these scriptures because I'm going to explain in vivid detail what some have called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We know them as the four horsemen of Revelation. We're going to explain what this white horse and the rider of it. We're going to explain the red horse, the black horse, and then the pale horse. All of it has incredible, significant meaning I think, to the world in which we live today. And I'm going to show you how God is preparing the earth right now for the things that are to come. So let's take our Bibles today. Let's go to Revelation chapter 6 and let's walk through it verse upon verse, line upon line, precept upon precept. If this chapter frightens you, if this scares you, if it unnerves you, this is again why it's so important for us to understand the chronological order of the book of Revelation. My view, my interpretation of scripture that I have tried to lay out for you over the last several weeks is that we, the blood-bought church of Jesus, will not be on the earth during this time period. We will be watching from the balconies of heaven. As we go further into the book, things are going to get more frightening. Things are going to get more scary. But it's important for you to know that if you're born again, you will not be here to experience it. Why? Because as I have argued in weeks past, and I'll continue to lay out what in my view is very clear evidence... Chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Revelation involve the church age, the seven churches of Revelation, the seven golden candlesticks that's in, the, in chapter 1. When we come to chapter 4, as I argued four weeks ago, the Greek verb harpazo, the verb come up here, I believe is the rapture of the church. From chapter 3, All the way to chapter 19, the church is never mentioned again in the book of Revelation through the entire tribulation period. We see tribulation saints, but that's not the church of Jesus Christ. The church is gone. The church is raptured. So beginning in chapter 4, verse 1, that's a transition of the book. I believe that's the rapture of the church. Chapters 4 and 5, they all describe worship around the throne of God with which we will be, the 24 elders representing the church. But chapter 6 on, if chapters 4 and 5 deal with worship around the throne, you need to understand chapter 6 on to 18 deals with the wrath of the Lamb. And you know what God has promised His people in the book of Thessalonians and throughout the rest of the Bible? It teaches that we will be spared from the wrath of God. Yet another evidence that the church will be raptured before the tribulation ever begins. 
So chapters 4, chapters 5, that is the worship around the throne of God. I believe that's the Bema, judgment seat of Christ. That's where saints are rewarded. That's where we receive the crowns of Scripture that we are rewarded with, with the way that we've lived this life. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, all of that's detailed there. Now we come to chapter 6, and this is another transition in the book. This is the beginning of the tribulation period. And what is the tribulation period? If you're taking notes, you may want to note this. It's very interesting. And this will help you understand the rest of the book of Revelation. The seven-year tribulation is the most documented period of all human existence. Jesus tells us so much about it in Matthew 24 and in the book of Luke and the book of Mark. I think Mark 13 and Luke 21, if I'm not mistaken. Matthew 24 is what I want to parallel today. It's the most documented time in human existence. And what Jesus said of the seven-year tribulation is he said it's going to be such terrible days that if the days were not cut short, no flesh would survive. The earth has never, Jesus said, it will be a time that human history has never seen nor ever will see again. And this is what the seven, the seven years of the tribulation is. If you're going to take notes, note this. It's a period of seven years involving three primary sets of judgments. Now, why is God bringing judgments on the earth? This is so critical to you understanding the book of Revelation. All of the Bible is heading toward, it is culminating to the reign of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. What did we say two weeks ago in chapter 5? What is the scroll in the right hand of God Almighty? What is the scroll that only the Lamb of God, only Jesus Christ, no man was able, only Jesus to open? That scroll is the title deed of the earth. It's the inheritance. And in ancient days, a will or a testament or an inheritance, a legal document written within. And the reason we know it's a legal document, because it's written without. And because it's sealed seven times. In ancient times, they would seal a legal document, a scroll. They would seal it with seven witnesses. It would be sealed seven times. Do you keep noticing the number seven popping up? That's the, that's the structure of the book. It's God's favorite number. Seven churches, seven lampstands, seven years of tribulation, all, all kinds of sets of seven, seven seals. And listen, note this, the, the tribulation period is three sets of judgments. And what's the purpose of the judgments? To bring about the kingdom of God. The Bible says, Revelation eleven fifteen, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of of our God. There are 1,800 scriptures in your Bible pointing to the kingdom of Christ. And that's where all of history is moving toward. See, when God gave man authority in the Garden of Eden and we sinned, do you know what mankind did? We forfeited the earth to Satan. That's why today Satan is called the God of this world. And when Christ takes that scroll, 
It paves the way. The judgments pave the way to the kingdom of God, which we will be part of. Amen? The last verse of chapter 5, we are going to rule and we are going to reign on the earth with the Lord Jesus Christ in his great millennial kingdom. That's the purpose of the tribulation, to bring about the kingdom. That's why when Satan offered the kingdoms of the world to Christ in Matthew chapter 4, in one of the three great temptations of Christ, notice Jesus refused the temptation, but Jesus did not refute it. Why could Satan offer the kingdoms of this world? Because he's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. Why? Until Christ takes. Well, I can't get into all of the detail I want to get into. I'll never get into this. We'll keep going. All right. <laughs> but what is my point? The seven-year tribulation begins here in chapter 6, verse 1. This is a transition in the book. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 is this current church age. We're living in it right now. Chapter 4, verse 1. The rapture of the church, the harpazo, will be around the throne of God. And then the tribulation period will begin, as we saw last week, Daniel 9, 24 to 27. If you missed last week's sermon, this begins the 70th week of prophecy that Daniel prophesied in the book of Daniel. This is the beginning of it. This is another great transition. And from chapter 6 all the way to chapter 16 are going to be the judgments. And what are the judgments? Quickly note them. Three sets of judgments. And this will help you understand the book. The judgments are unrolled out of the scroll of chapter 5. So the first set of judgments are what's called the seal judgments. And there's seven of them. We'll examine that today. Then with each seventh judgment... Like a scroll, it unrolls, it unfolds. So after we come to the seventh seal judgment, it unrolls into seven trumpet judgments. When we come to the seventh trumpet judgment, it unrolls, the scroll continues into the seven bowl judgments. And the way that Revelation is divided, after the sixth judgment... It's like a curtain goes down. Think of it as a play. When you read the book of Revelation, read it as though you're reading a play. And what happens is the curtain goes up and there are six judgments. And before that seventh judgment comes, it's almost like Scripture's giving us a chance to catch our breath. And then the curtain goes down. And then it goes back up with the seventh judgment, which unrolls the next set of judgments. So there are 21 total, three sets of what? You guessed it, seven. Seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, seven bowl judgments. Today, we're in the beginning of the tribulation. We're going to see Christ break the first seal. Verse 1, what are the seals? Remember, ancient legal documents were sealed with seven seals. They were wrapped with seven seals as Christ breaks each seal. And we're in heaven watching all of this unfold. And as he breaks each seal 
Each seal is a judgment upon the earth and those who dwell on the earth in that day. So Caleb, introduce us to the first seal with verses 1 and 2. Once again, please. Verse 1 says, Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Now remember, the, the four living creatures who we were introduced to and explained in chapter 4... These are angelic beings. These are four created angelic cherubim beings. And remember, the book of Revelation, it's patterns, okay? And if you can find patterns, you'll begin to understand the book better. And remember what we said. Every time in the book of Revelation that the four living creatures are talking, they're referencing Events on the earth. Every time the 24 elders are speaking, which represents the church, they speak of events in heaven. That is a pattern that will help you through the entire book. And here, the four living creatures, each one of them, is going to introduce us to a rider on a horse. Now, it's an idiom now in our literature. It's called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The Bible don't call it that. That's an idiom in, in literature. But... There are four riders to four horses. These are the first four seals of judgment upon the earth. We're going to deep dive them right now, and we're going to understand what all four are. The first one, as Caleb read, is the rider of a white horse. Note this, first of all. Throughout all of Scripture, horses represent judgment. Horses speak of judgment throughout all the scriptures. And God is getting ready to unleash judgment upon the earth. These are not judgments from Satan. It's very important. It is as clear as crystal clear can be. The end of chapter 6. This is the wrath of the Lamb. These are judgments of God upon this earth. And let me just throw a teaser in here. What... What does our media today talk about almost more than anything? Climate change. You listening to me right now? Say amen if you're listening. Amen. Climate change, listen to me. I'm telling you, it is going to become the religion of this world. Climate change will be the religion of the tribulation period. And after these seven seal judgments unfold, do you know what's going to unfold next? There's going to be the trumpet judgments. And do you know what the judgments, the trumpet judgments are going to be upon? The earth. The green grass, the green trees, the water, the sun. Listen, right now, they're working on a law right now that is craziness. And you know what they're saying? It's called America the Beautiful. You, I, I can't get into all of this. Oh, I'm never going to get through it. Can I just take a minute and tell you? Right now, they're crafting a law called America the Beautiful. And these crazy people who worship the earth. Do you know what they're literally saying in this law? It's a federal takeover of land. 
Right now, the U.S. government owns only about 11, 12% of land in America. They say by 2030, their goal is to own 30% of land. They say by 2050, their goal is to own 50% of the land in America. It's socialism. It's Marxism. And it's craziness. But why is it happening? See, you as a Christian, you can't just yell and bark and get all mad over all these crazy politics. You got to know where the Bible's leading. And do you know where the Bible's leading? It's leading. Listen. America the beautiful. Here's what they're saying. This is literally what they're saying in this law is that trees have rights too. I just want to say, go hug a tree. (laughs) But this is where it's so dangerous. See, this is where these wicked men and women, this is where it's so dangerous. They're saying you don't own the right to own trees because trees have their own rights. Friends, do you know where the, the seal, the, the trumpet judgments, God himself is going to burn up a third of all trees on the earth. He's going to burn up a third of all green grass upon the earth. Why? Because climate change is becoming the new religion of the earth. And God is going to judge it. I don't even know where I'm at in the text. We, we not, we're not even... Caleb, you let me get way off in the weeds. You're supposed to keep me on track, brother. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to get to all that. But here is my point. The Bible, listen, the Bible is ahead of tomorrow's news reports. And they can manipulate and they can lie and they can craft and they can do all. Listen, Washington can do all this stuff. Politics, media, they can do all. But let me tell you, the Bible tells us everything and it will keep you ahead of the curve can we say amen Amen. so this first seal i went all the way into the trumpets the first seal judgment is this rider on a white horse who is this rider many christians get confused here and let me try to bring clarity to this Some believe the rider of the white horse is the lord jesus why because in chapter 19 he's going to ride a white horse To the battle of Armageddon. And we all will be on white horses. The bride of Christ. Are there animals in heaven? Yeah. There's horses. (laughs) Because we're going to be riding them. The Bible says that, that the lion will lay down with the lamb. The Bible says that the child will play with the otter and the snake. Yeah, there's animals in heaven. So... They get confused because they say this rider on a white horse, because Christ rides a white horse, this... No, let me be crystal clear here. This rider is none other than the Antichrist. This is that coming world ruler who is going to ride on to the world stage as no man has ever done in human history. And this rider on a white horse, he is what the Bible calls the Antichrist. 
Christ, or that word anti means instead of, or we could say the pseudo Christ. He is the imitator. He's the fake. He's the phony. And everything that Christ does, including the riding of a white horse, this pseudo Christ, this antichrist, he will imitate everything that the Lord Jesus Christ does, including this coming on a white horse. Now, what's this white horse speak of? It speaks of peace. How do we know this? Well, notice what the text says. He comes in three ways. He comes with a crown. He comes with a bow. And he comes with conquering and to conquer. Now, understand this is a white horse. This speaks of peace. How do we know this? This is why it's so important to study the Bible, not just in our English language, but in the original language. In the Greek, there are two words for crowns. There is what's called a diadem, which is a sovereign crown. It's a ruling crown. And then there are Stephanos crowns, which is an overcomer's crown. When you get to chapter 19 and Christ returns, remember chapter 19 says, On his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. On the other thigh is written, the word of God. Amen. And Christ is going to, recon- he's going to return with many diadems upon his head. That's ruling sovereign crowns. But that's not this pseudo-Christ. What he wears on his head is a Stephanos, an overcomer crown. It's not a diadem. It's not a sovereign crown. Amen? The second thing is that he comes with a bow. Now, why does he have a bow and not arrows? It's because this speaks of diplomacy. The Antichrist is not going to be a ruthless world leader at first. He's going to transition into that. I believe what's going to happen is I believe the rapture of the earth is going to take place. And when that happens, there is going to be chaos like you could have never dreamed. And then I believe Daniel says that little horn, which I think speaks of obscurity. There's going to be a man, that little horn, come on the scene. And he is going to have every answer to every global issue. That man will bring peace to the Middle East like no one has ever dreamed of. What President Carter to President Biden could not accomplish, this one world ruler will accomplish And that's why last week we were in Daniel 9, verse 27, when that Antichrist, that pseudo-Christ, enforces a treaty, a covenant with Israel, then Israel will be at peace. And then I'm not going to get into it today, but there's going to be a war called Gog and Magog, Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. That's where the Bible predicts that Russia... The land to the north. You know what else the Bible predicts? Is that that land to the north is going to create a treaty, an alliance, a coalition with Persia. You know who Persia is? Until 1939, Iran was called Persia. The Bible mentions Persia many, many, many times. They're going to have a key role in the last days. And do they have a key role in our world today? You betcha. And who is Russia right now becoming buddy-buddy with? Iran. Where is Russia right now today? They're in Syria. Where is Iran meddling right now today? In Lebanon. I'm telling you, the world 
is said. And when this Antichrist, when this world ruler steps onto the stage in what the Bible references, a white horse, in other words, peace, he's going to bring world and global peace to the world after the harpazo, after the chaos of the rapture of the church. And how do we know he's going to come in peace? Because he's going to have an overcomer's crown, because he's going to have a bow with no arrows, which speaks of diplomacy. Do you use a streaming device at home or at work? Simply say, hey Google, play Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts podcast and listen to our weekly podcast that is the current sermon that I preach each week at Preaching Christ Church.